Hello, my good people. It's your old buddy, Fanboy Will here. And as promised, I have returned for part two of season two, episode five of the Kill Your Radio podcast. Today starts off with a bang with Candiria, followed by Army Wise, Fecal Matter, Abrasion, Romeo Void, La Magna, and The Ventures. Today's show will also feature tributes to the following individuals. Louis Anderson, Ronnie Spector, Don Wilson, Meatloaf, Quark Gillies, and Brian Donnelly. If that's not enough, we've got some news for you today. In the news, we have Sunny Day Real Estate, Jawbreaker, The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, and the hardcore band Autumn. We do hope you stick around for all the great music, the tributes, and the news of the day. And of course, we hope you enjoy this second half of our first ever two-part episode. Be good, everybody, and enjoy the music.
wood down there. My sister listened to that friggin' kill your radio podcast again. Oh, well, I guess I'll make them some more pizza rolls and see if they're alive. Pregnant, that a future, 
further study of the human species, it has been determined that the Kilio Radio podcast is suitable entertainment for our people and transmission all over the galaxy.
uh, hey, guess what? We just played you some more music. And we are back. Adam is making faces at me. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. But <clears throat> we're back. What's going on, man? What's Where's up, Debbie? It wouldn't be an episode without Debbie wilding out on her fucking heating pad, would it? She loves, she's sniffing for something. I don't know. Probably smells like funky ass feet. She probably smells what the rock is cooking. <laughs> One or the other. But hey, that block was started off by a band that we mentioned last episode. A band that goes by the name of Candiria. Oh, that was so good. Elevate to Madness off of their first album. In Madness. Surrealistic Madness on Too Damn Hype Records. So, so what do you think about that one, Adam? A little oh, Brooklyn, just... New York band, another Brooklyn band. We play a lot of Brooklyn, Brooklyn music on this show. Yeah, we do. I mean, that's just one of those bands, you know, again, that I discovered uh, seeing the, the last episode, you know, by mm. watching uh, uh, Psycho TV, you know, some of those public access shows. And then there was this band playing live. I believe it was at Coney Island High, the clip. And I was like, you know, again, like I said last week, you know. I God, I miss that place. Yeah. And it's just one of those ones where it's just this metal, hardcore, hip-hop, jazz in one song, but it worked. And out, it just, out of left field, this crazy shit. Everything like, but the kitchen sink in a blender, hit mix, and it worked. Basically, and it that's, worked. That's Candiria. You know, or the, you know, even the Dolph Sweet would... The deathy, the deathy vocals. Even Dolph Sweet would like that. She's like, they're, they're good. <laughs> Dolph Sweet, the most random fucking mention. <laughs> What? <laughs> if don't y'all don't know who Dolph daughter. Sweet is, you'll have to get to check some reruns of Give Me a Break, and then you'll know who Dolph Sweet is. Get away from my daughter. <laughs> Dolph Sweet loved keeping his hand on his gun whenever somebody looked at his daughter. He was like... <laughs> How did he not fire Nell? I don't, she was like... the most incompetent... And she had sass. She would give him attitude. I'd be like, bitch, you're fired. <laughs> first, she didn't clean. She it would be the first the day. Bitch, you sucked up the goldfish. You're fired. <laughs> you are fired. Dude, she kills the goldfish in episode one. Here's cat food. Watch this. Wait, wait. Oh, Debbie's about to eat some cat food. <laughs> this is riveting. This is riveting audio. Here we go. Look at her. <laughs> Look at her face. Look at her tongue. <laughs> she is housing that shit. What is this? This is delicious. It's so gross. Cat food smells so bad. But uh, anyway, yeah. Give me a break. How did he not fire her? Episode. First of all, she didn't clean. She didn't cook. She didn't watch the kids. She hung out there and gave him sass. And she gave him nothing but attitude all the time. He was like, oh, so yeah, you know, I'm going to be coming home late. You How you long would it me? take me to get pissed with El Carter? How long would it take? About a day. <laughs> you are fired. He's just like, okay, so yeah, um, yeah, I'm going to work today. You know, I'm going to be home kind of late. So do you think you can maybe have some dinner made? And, uh, dinner you know, made? <laughs> <laughs> a straight up yes, a basic request to somebody who's taking care of my house. I want my house to be clean, and I'd like some dinner when I get home. Dinner made. 
And she's just like, what, motherfucker? Why don't you just cook and clean it yourself? Bring me some leftovers. Because <laughs> I'm I paying this- you to do it. <laughs> while I watch TV. <laughs> I'm going to kick my feet up and watch some soap operas. You can kick your own dinner. Like, what the fuck? So is he just pay her to live there? That's a great Basically. job. I want that Give fucking gig. Break, got your deserve it. <laughs> Give me a break like Nell Carter. There's tartar on your teeth. Homeboy, you got beef. House of Pain. God, she's good. Good band, too. Guess what was next? A band you just introduced me to that I ordered the tape. Yeah, I was uh, I was talking in Adam's ear earlier about this particular band. That was Army Wives with a song called, this is a great title, First You Must Die to Be Reborn. And that is on their self-titled cassette, obviously, Army Wives. Uh, a band that kind of has, you know, screamo, post-hardcore feel to it. Um, my best way to describe this band would be listen to 400 Years, but make it a little more abrasive, maybe a little more which, harsh. Which is 400 crazy. Years. As I probably mentioned on the show, is one of my favorite bands of all time. So, you know, yeah, to, to be to be considered, you know, like them is is <laughs> for me should be a big honor because like I love that band, and, and uh, this is like uh, you know this is one of the newer bands. Uh, this is a twenty twenty release, so uh, a bunch of young people who are uh, you know keeping the scene alive, keeping that sound alive, which is always appreciated, um, and and doing it to the T. Um, this sounds like something that could have been released. Uh, which is great, then. and that's what sold me yeah. on it. You know, when you say the 400 years, you know, as we were saying. Oh, yeah, I know, you know Adam, Adam's ears went up. I was telling them, I was like, yeah, this new band I'm into, uh, Army Wives, you know. New York, New Jersey band, you know, they, they have that kind of like, uh, I would say, you know, like 400 years kind of sound. He was like, oh. Ordered. Because as you can tell, like, you know. <laughs> I got to go to band camp and pick that up. Um, You know, kind of actually coming up right after this, you know what I mean? With the, the next band, Abrasion. Same kind of a thing, where it's just kind of no, like no, 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 bands. no, 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 no. We have another band after that. Oh, Fecal Matter, because coming yes. up too after this. But yeah, it's just one of the. We're going to have a story with Fecal Matter because you have to. We do, but it's but, just uh, one of those ones where it's just doing that '90s sound that I love so much. Doing the '90s hardcore, doing the '90s emo. The it's stuff funny, man. Just, I mean, you know, I know it makes me sound old or whatever, but the kids today, I mean, they're faithful. They they're they faithful. keep that sound. They keep it alive, and it and it sounds just as good as you know as the stuff from back then, from the stuff when I was exactly. going to shows when I was, when I was twenty something years old. You know, exactly. it, it sounds. I I I could have went and saw these guys at a PWAC on Long Island back in like ninety seven or ninety eight. You know what I mean? Easily. So which I'm down with, you know, and it's just completely that makes me happy. That's just one of those sounds that I love, and you know, in my head, oh, the scene is back. The sound is back. It never went away. I was just kind of. Exactly, as it's going to say that, but, uh, you know, um, I removed myself from the scene for a good 15 years or whatever, 10 years. Same here. You know, kind of. I mean, I was always, you know, Adam knows me. I've always been a hip hop head for the longest time. And like, that's my first musical love. So it always will be. But, you know, I kind of like, you know, Adam kind of stayed on the train where, you know, he was like, he was still staunch with the hardcore, but I kind of like, you know, dropped it for a bit and just went on the hip hop path for, for years. Yeah. And I just kind of like refused to listen to anything else, but you know, he would keep me up to date. He'd be like, Oh, you got to hear this band. They're great. They sound like, you know, this and that, but I'll check it out. You know, it was like around like 2008 ish until 2020. I didn't know anything new. I was just kind of stuck in the world where, in my head, nothing's new. I don't know what this is anymore. So then, right. now that it's back, I'm happy. You know, or it's yeah, back man. for me, not in general. But I um, don't think 
as long as there's like, I think I might have mentioned this, I think earlier in our episodes, that as long as there's things in the world that are fucked up, there's always going to be punk and hardcore. Which it's, it's never it's never going to go away. And the world is so fucked up right now. There's so much ammunition. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's there's so much anger and frustration with things that are going on in the world right now that 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 you know I couldn't think of a better outlet than punk and hardcore to you know, to, to voice your your you know your opinions on how things are. It's, it's a fucked up place we live in right now. It's, it's bad. Yeah. So perfect fodder for you know great hardcore and punk music. Exactly. Next, and up, uh, speaking of, a, a band that I uh, used to kind of use the same ammunition, but back in the day. That was Kurt Cobain's first band. That was Fecal Matter uh, yes. from all the way back in 1986 with a song uh, kind of uh, appropriately titled Class of 86 off of their only existing recording, the Illiteracy Will Prevail demo, which has been kind of like floating around for years and years and years. Um, you can <clears> get it in different varying qualities. Some people take it, they clean it up, they make it sound really... I, I tend to like it when it sounds grittier. Because it sounds it, like an actual demo. It was. That's how he was handing right. it out to people. But uh, right, right. I think yeah, they recorded it. I believe. I believe he recorded it in like his aunt's basement or something. Yeah, this demo. I guarantee it's going to be officially released soon enough. You know, but it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a great fucking like it, you know a lot of the songs if you listen to it I think it's like maybe fourteen or fifteen tracks deep. Uh, but it's a lot of it is unreleased, uh, not not unreleased, but untitled. Like yeah. there's a. I think like maybe out of like the 14 songs that are on it, I think maybe maybe eight of them actually have titles. The rest of them are just like untitled one, untitled seven, untitled three, you know. Um, but this one actually has a title. So I figured I'd throw this one out. It'd be a little bit easier to deal with. And it's a great song. It is. And uh, this is an interesting one because. Uh, Sorry. He, uh, was that a sneeze? It was. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. But this one, this one not only has Nirvana roots, it also has Melvin's roots. Uh, he founded this band with a guy by the name of Dale Crover, uh, who was also in the Melvins. And uh, later incarnations of the band went on to have uh, King Buzzo in it. But that was like yes. towards the end. And I think that was only when uh, he was just basically sitting in for studio like studio sessions when they were just trying to get stuff done. But apparently the thing with this band is that uh, the rest of the band wasn't really taking this band seriously. I think they were kind of doing it just as like a kind of thing to keep them going. But the Melvins were becoming more and more of a serious band. And they went on to do their first EP, which basically put the nail in the coffin of Fecal Matter. Like they were like, we're going to concentrate more on doing Melvins because this is the direction we want to go. So and Kurt was just like, well, everybody. And then, you know, yeah. of course, we all know that Kurt went on to do his own thing anyway. So it worked out for everyone in the end. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this was kind of like their springboard to do what they really wanted to do. I mean, exactly. everybody has to start somewhere. And this is where those two bands started. So it's a kind of a, a very big historical thing, I would say, with music, especially if you're into like that early uh, you know, uh, grunge, uh, kind of like uh, punk scene. You know, uh, these are two mm -hmm. bands that went on to be giant. You know, obviously Nirvana more so, uh, but the Melvins, you know, I think bigger in the underground more than Nirvana went on to be more of like a main mainstay kind of a group. Even though Kirk Cobain hated that, but you know, uh, he didn't want the fame. That was like a majority of the the problem. I he know. didn't want that, but they just got big because you can't lie. Nirvana's great. Yeah, I mean, I just, there's no shit. I, I wish you're a great band. 
I wish Dave Grohl was doing something now. Like he kind of fell off the face of the earth. Like what is Dave Grohl doing now? I mean, he was doing great stuff with Scream too before. Yeah, I know. You know I mean, Dave Grohl's kind of huge right now. You know. Yep. He even has a movie coming out. Does there's he? The, uh, yeah, there's a Foo Fighters horror movie coming out. What? Yeah, there is a Foo really? Fighters horror movie coming out. Studio Six Six. Really? Yeah, it's weird. But hmm. interesting. You know, I don't know about that. Foo Fighters. I just love when they came out. I remember this day. It was like that so first album's great. If you think of it, Foo Fighters are to me. That members. was like Nirvana Part Two. That first album, anyway. The well, first album it, definitely first was album Nirvana album, Part Two. If you're thinking of the members of it, it's members of Nirvana, Pat Smear, Scream, The Germs, Sunny Day Real Estate, Sunny Day Real Estate. So on paper, it has to be one of the best punk bands of all time. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, like you know, Dave Grohl has got you know he's got great musical taste, so he, he's obviously going to assemble a band that's going to be. Yeah. You know, like that. Just, so it was no surprise like who we took on board. I just um, thought of our show. Here we go. I was jazzed Watch. about Pat Smear. I remember that. I was like, wow, that's awesome. Our show. Dust, dusted off Pat Smear and put him in the lineup. That's so cool. You know, here's it. Our show is Probot because <laughs> it's just everything. That's what Probot was. It's just kind of like everything he liked in one. There yeah. we go. Do you remember how everybody thought he was in... Fucking yeah! Uh, I totally forgot where my mind was going. Never mind. I had a I had a whole joke ready, and then it just disappeared. Because God just, damn it, Adam! Movie. Ah, ah. All right. While you're trying to think, let's go to the next band. This is uh, another submission from Adam. This is a band called Abrasion. Adam, you want to take that one? Oh yeah, it is one of the again. It's just one of those other bands that I picked up on. I believe it's on Indecision Records. New school, new school hardcore, where it's just you know. New school to us, but it's, you know, it's a very 90s influence where it's just that metal, hardcore, kicks you in the face kind of stuff. Um, you know, I got the LP on Black is actually the rare one. Um, really? For the one, yeah, the That's rare one's only 100. And then the colored vinyl are coming out in May. The black one's the one that's always left over, usually. It is. So it's like now, green, puke vinyl, sold out. Yeah, black vinyl is always available. The the colored vinyl ones are um, coming out. Ew, coming out. Toronto Adam has joined us. (laughs) 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 That was me doing the uh, Ed Bickle. Do you remember from uh, Three South? That was your show. show, Yeah, my daddy calls it meat and juice. I said the one, that was a great show. <laughs> the one that got me was, was through the uh, hall monitor, or not hall monitor. Yo, the, what's uh, up, Trisket? <laughs> Saladin. Trisket. Trisket. No, there was Todd, the RA. But he's like, do you want a thin man? He's like, turns out the two, they're too big for my esophagus. Makes each one a little don't death cookie. And that <laughs> got me because, you know, I have my issues with my esophagus it runs oh. in the family you don't so, gotta tell me about stomach i got fucking gastroparesis it sucks you know <laughs> so and then coming up after that was romeo void fuck i love that band another another influential band again i uh, kind of just you know i i had romeo void going in in the phone the other day when i was at work and i was like why haven't we put Romeo Void on the show? So I said, "Hey, let's put Romeo Void on." And this is the this is kind of the one that made them uh, a household name. Uh, that was Never Say Never. 
uh, one of the kind of uh, very influential new wave bands. Uh, when you talk about new wave and post-punk, this is kind of like that sound personified, uh, in my opinion. Uh, a band out of San Francisco, uh, another place that was huge for music, you know, uh, obviously in the 60s it was huge, and then it went on to be in, in, in our day with bands like Faith No More, and then the whole, you know, thrash movement was huge in San Francisco, and so a hotbed for music, and this is uh, no different with Romeo Void, uh, and this was off the Never Say Never EP. Uh, uh, another little random factoid, uh, Adam, I don't know if you know this, this album was yes. produced by a guy by the name of Rick Ocasek. I was just going to say Rick Ocasek. You mean, you know. Yeah. 1981. Here's, Here's a God, I love Rick Ocasek. Do you know that? I love the cars. Adam- I love Rick Ocasek. Did I, did I tell the story about when I walked by him on the street? I must have. Yes. Yes. Here's a fun fact about Rick Ocasek. Yeah. Um, his Adam's apple is actually bigger than me. <laughs> There's a there's a rumor that if you have like a really uh, if you have a really protruding or pronounced Adam's apple, you have a huge dong. I don't know if there's any uh, fact to that. Yes, I've heard of this, so that might be that might be a thing. Maybe that's how he got the model as a wife. I don't know. Maybe as a his Adam's maybe he's hung like like a fucking uh, like a moose. Who knows? I mean, his Adam's apple (laughs) looks like one of those things that your doctor used to hit on your knee. (laughs) I just spit spit beer on my monitor. (laughs) <laughs> he just comes by you're having your physical he's like hey rick uh we've got to the knee portion of the exam he's like like a weird pez he's just like mm, mm. <laughs> oh my god i can't oh, one of these anyway. days i gotta do a bad photoshop or get you to do it because you know photoshop of wrestler pez wally as his own pez dispenser <laughs> I could totally do that. That'd be funny. Pistol Pez. I would just take like a great. basic. I would just take a basic Spez and a Spez. I would just take yes. a basic. <laughs> I would just take a basic Pez body and just like Photoshop all like a, like the most awkward picture of his head I could find on purpose and just throw yeah. it on there. You know, like, Pistol Pez. Throw the picture. <laughs> <laughs> like when he's being like camel clutched by somebody and just throw his face on there. <laughs> he, he didn't get a fair shake, you know. In WWF, you know, he was always a jobber, but you no. Know, in, in some of those territories, Pistol Pez Watley was great. I like his stuff in like Pistol Atlantic. Pez. Pistol Pez Watley, no relation to Jody Watley. <laughs> what a scrub! What a jobber, as they would say. Isn't that the industry term? Yeah, <laughs> like when you're a you scrub, you're a jobber. Enhancing, but he was only that in WWF, you know. But like in all the other territories, he was great. Like you're a face, but, you're a heel. Yeah. Like this, fucking Iron Mike Sharp. You know he was that well-conditioned man. He could go for two hours and just keep wrestling. Tough man. He never wanted. Don't make Gorilla Monsoon talk about his physique because he'll go on. He didn't. I mean, he didn't have like you know. He didn't have a Tony Atlas. He just had like a regular. Look at the physique. Iron Mike Sharp. Look at the size of his cock. He always had the leather thing on his arm and stuff. But uh, I can tell by those drugs that he's keeping his wife very happy. (laughs) Iron Mike Sharp. Iron Mike Sharp, no relation to Larry Sharp, but Iron Mike Sharp. Or the uh, um, electronics company Sharp? Yeah. No. He was actually known for having taking really long showers after matches. He would have like an hour long shower. Because, you know, he was waiting for other motherfuckers to come in and I'd have like a little a little circle jerk in the shower. <laughs> he was great. 
Whatever. I was a fan of his. I was a fan of Barry Horowitz. You know? Yep, you do the pat on the back, but Barry Horowitz was a good wrestler. That's what it was. The enhancement talent. People was like, Oh, you lost matches and stuff. He wasn't it he takes, wasn't hiding the fact that he was a Jewish man. It's all Barry good. Horowitz. <laughs> the thing I like about the enhancement people was they it takes a lot of talent to make somebody look good because the people that they made look good had little to no talent. You know, some right. ultimate warrior. He didn't have talent. You know, he was he's just, just ripped as fuck. He was this muscle bound guy. Jacked just and ripped. Shaked the ropes and was winded by running to the ring. You know, but like. <laughs> That's so true, too. <laughs> these people made someone like him look like the greatest wrestler in the world. Right. You know, like wrestler Tom McGee. You know, like. You know, like. Yeah, but you know, be like, you know, like that. And him and his Bret Hart. Bret Hart made him look like the greatest wrestler in the world. It takes talent to make something look good. You know, the way you bump or sell, you know. You're selling, you're making them look good when they give you a clothesline, you know, the way you flip over the ropes. So it's really the person who's getting their ass kicked. They're the ones with the talent a lot of the times. So they're making somebody look fantastic, you know. I mean, they're not like, you know, Frank Gotch or anything, but they're still really good. Anywho, that was a little <laughs> bit of wrestling for you. After that wrestling tangent. My that's like the one thing where you don't we have to get you to be a wrestling like an old school wrestling geek because then you'll just yeah. have all of it all of it in one because you have like the the comics the sci-fi that's right you'll have it but uh, and after that that next one was by a band uh, that I used to love back in the day and I still do mm-hmm. a band by the name of La Magna that was <laughs> Cretans Fuel off of their Ceremony Seven Inch their only piece of uh, their only piece Vinyl. of uh, recorded history uh, on Rec Age Records, a band out of East Setauket, New York, and a band uh, that uh, uh, features a man by the name of Brian Donnelly, who unfortunately recently passed <sighs> away. Um, yeah, it was a tough one. It was just random kind of uh, information. I was, uh, I was on, I was on Instagram, and uh, someone else. I think it was the. Uh, 86 Records, who is, uh, uh, I believe it was Brian's last label he was kind of involved with, uh, uh, posted uh, the announcement. And uh, it just kind of hit me like, wow, uh, you know, like I know who that is. And wow, yeah. that's just I've, a lot. You know, like a young guy. And I was, I've been in small <sighs> rooms with him with his band playing. It's yeah. just like one of those ones. And it's like, it's sad, you know, not, you know, like bands like La Magna. Because we're in New York, we're from that area, we know it. But if you go to somebody Midwest, they may not, because it's one of those ones that was like important to us, but it was such mm-hmm. a local scene. One of those bands, which, you know, in a way it's good. It's also, you know, I wish that more people got to hear them, but it was a very localized scene, especially yeah. with like those kind of bands. It's just like, we knew it, but even people <clears throat> upstate New York may not have known it, which I don't get. It's like, I mean, hearing how good these are. And again, maybe that was kind of the, with 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 my personal my personal connection to La Magna is I would cite them with my life as one of the bands that kind of got me out of the whole you know not that I've ever left it but one of the bands that at the time I was primarily NYHC. listening to kind of I was just gonna say that I was listening yeah. to like tough a lot of tough guy stuff and a lot of NYHC stuff which was you know it has a kind of a similar sound and everybody's kind of connected in some way in that in that scene. 
when I kind of wanted to take a different route. And I, you know, I had buddies who were introducing me to things like Guyver One and things like this, like La Magna, who were like, listen to this. So I listened to this and it's like, that was kind of taking me into the whole uh, uh, kind of a mode of hardcore where, yeah. you know, it wasn't tough guy. It was more like, it was almost kind of more like, uh, you know, like almost like poetry. You know what it I mean? Poetry, but it's and, heavy. Yeah, but it was like weird. it would still it would still knock the shit out of you, but these, it did it in a different way. That's La Magna to me. These bands, like and, bands like uh, La Magna and everything like that. Um, mm -hmm. The way I bring it up is, it took me from CBGBs to ABC No Rio. That's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, where it was like you know like the tough guy scene was ABC was uh you know the the CBGBs you know even Coney Island High and then these bands were kind of like now you 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 had to go. Uh, Go to the LES. You got to see. You had to take a little bit of a trip. Yeah, you had to take a little bit of a trip. You know, these are the ones where the these are the bands that would be more so at like a PWAC on Long Island than they would be someone's apartment. You know what I mean? Yeah, then they would be. You know, like you said, filling up Coney Island on a on a Saturday or or on a bill on Saturday with like yeah, you know, Madball or Sick of It All or you know madball sick of all they would be written up in, in like murphy's law or somebody like that would be you yeah. know they would be the mains and these guys would be the guys at the bottom of the bill back a then, lot of those things you know you know say some of those, i would have put them know, at like, the top of the bill but you know but what i mean like us. you know like, that's how the things sick of it back then would right. be written up in in effect sure which i fucking love that zine you know yeah, and yeah. then these are the bands that you would see in heart of the first scenes i ever really got into was in effect you know like, we've talked about that before like yeah you know you know, first hardcore scene I think I picked up was in effect, actually. First I should post some photos of it, but yeah, it's just kind of like in effect versus heart attack, both very good. Right. There's, there's, there's different. To, to those who don't know it, you know, if you're just kind of like, you know, just heard, you know, Green Day for the first time, you could put them mm -hmm. all together. You might think it's the same sound of music. Like, oh, yeah, they're both heavy right. and stuff. And it's like, but when you know it, it's just kind of, you know, it's just, you know. It's just the two worlds of it, and I, I love both. That's why I'm just so fucking torn. I'm in and it's middle. always been so it. sad to me with La Magna that they only put this out. That was it. They put it out in like a demo tape. But God, like, they were so good. Like I, I wanted so, so much more. I wanted them to follow this up with a 12-inch in the worst way. Me too. And it, and it, and it just didn't happen. But uh, I got into uh, them whatever, around the same reason. time as I got into like Escape Grace and you know, like stuff like that. That's all very similar stuff. Yeah, I was going to mention them, actually. Like, you know, like, if, you, if, you, if you're looking to like more of this kind of sound, like bands like that, bands like Skate Grace, like who I actually picked up around that time. Also, you know, I yeah. had buddies who were, uh, you know, fortunately had great taste and they would always recommend things to me. And because I was stuck in that tough guy thing, you know, I was listening to Bulldoze and I wasn't out of that zone. So I was like, oh, just uh -huh. listen to, you know, listen to, instead of listening to like, you know, one for one and Bulldoze and all that kind of stuff, like stereotypical kind of stuff, listen to this. Please. And that kind of took me down that path. So. I related to this stuff more. Not that I didn't love the other stuff because I do, and it makes me feel good inside. But like these yeah. are the ones, I'm like me as a person. I'm more like this one because I am. If anyone has ever met me in real life, I'm the furthest thing from a tough guy. I'm not no. good with confrontations. I'm not good with you know, you know, just showing that I'm strong or anything right. like that. You know, I'm sensitive. So it's just kind of like these are the stuff that I kind of. Got into it, so like, oh, I get this, you know. Like, you're oh, not a pussy; understand. you just don't wear it on your sleeve. You know what I mean? You're no, not, you're not like just kind of. You're not like I'm a tough guy, so I'm gonna wear it on my sleeve and tell everybody not to fuck with me. You just no, you don't take shit. I'm, but you know what I mean? You're I'm just the, you don't I'm announce it to the world that you don't take shit. Basically, yeah, no, no, I'm I'm the one who stands by you. Say what he said. 
and then I stand behind you and you'll, you do all the dirty work for me. I have to be the goon, thanks to Adam. I, I have to do the jail time. If anybody knows, whenever we go out, Will will get into at least seven fistfights. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Never. I'm not that asshole. Imagine both of us mid-40s kick the guy's ass. <laughs> the guy's like, dude, I'm 17. What the f- you're, you're old, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> Fuck Leave off, Junior. <laughs> you know, we'll punch him in the face. Oh, you struck me. <laughs> anyway, uh, that uh, <laughs> that one was followed by a band that uh, features another gentleman who uh, unfortunately recently passed away. That was The Ventures oh. with Walk, Don't Run, the band's first huge single, the band that introduced the world to The Ventures, uh, a band that kind of like started that or at least made that sound big, the whole instrumental guitar you know, yeah. uh, bands like that, bands like in Europe, it was more of the shadows, um, bands that actually influenced my father. I was just going to say. In Scotland, uh, my father, I don't know if anybody knows this, but my father was involved in music in the 60s. My father went on to play in bands in the 60s that were kind of very close to this type of music. Uh, he was in a band called the Apaches. He was in a band called the Jacobites, and they were heavily, heavily influenced by the Ventures, the Beatles. Uh, the shadows were a huge one with them. Um, that's so cool but, but yeah that's I mean awesome my, my dad, dad was my dad was a garage rocker you know like you know it has a lot to do it has a lot to do with uh, my musical interests uh, I, I was raised listening to thanks to my brother and my father uh, I was raised listening to a bunch of different types of music uh, mm-hmm. you know my father got me into early as a kid my, my, my father got me into you know the Beatles my father got me into uh, bands like the ventures and the shadows uh, he got me into uh, early country uh, Hank Williams uh, uh, Merle Haggard uh, Willie Nelson Johnny Cash you know, it, it, you know, I, I cite my father as one of the reasons I really started to fall in love with music. Uh, my brother, he got me into stuff like The Who. He got me into stuff like Led Zeppelin and uh, Pink Floyd. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for my brother and my father, I don't think I'd have the taste I do. Um, because yeah. I came from and a house. Your kinda, own. And then I kind of found my own love, which was hip hop. So I kind of took that music and then I kind of found my own way. But I still loved that stuff at the same time. Um, I wish there was recorded so, versions of your dad's music. I want to hear it. Yeah, I mean it's out there, but uh, I believe like uh, a couple people from his band uh, has stuff. There's, you know, I, I they did they went on to record, I believe, seven inches after my dad left. Um, so stuff from the Jacobites is on forty five somewhere in Scotland, somewhere in England. I'm sure um, your dad could get tapes, and then all you have to do is clean it up and put an MP3 out. You yeah, and I, I totally now. would. I mean, I would release it on. You know, if we did something, I'd release it. I put it on yeah. whatever we did um, tape or like something, that. you know, just be like, yeah, one of these days I'm going to post some pictures original on, recordings. Uh, on Instagram on my dad's groups. He's got tons of pictures of, you know, him and his band wearing Beatles suits and Beatle boots. And, you know, if he only uh, still had those, you would be, yeah. you would have rocked them in college. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, this is one of those bands, uh, who were, uh, very influential in the fact that they were like one of the first to really make that sound big, which is, a uh, Kind of that surf instrumental rock sound. Uh, they're actually considered kind of like the gold standard in that regard, at least in this country. 
uh, in England, it would have been the shadows and Cliff Richards in the shadows and, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so this was, like I mentioned, their first big hit. Uh, it actually made it all the way to number two on the charts in 1960 when it was released. And uh, you could find this one on Dalton Records, the original pressing, anyway. Uh, yeah, or it's been, one it's of been, the million other re-recordings. Of yeah, the, it's been re-released, and, uh, re-recorded, comped um, up, uh, you know, a thousand million times. In but, every uh, other movie. It's been in yeah, a couple yeah. million movies. It's and, huge. You know, like, like I mentioned, uh, unfortunately, we lost uh, uh, somebody actually from this group. And uh, that happened to be Don Wilson, who was actually the gentleman who founded the group. Yeah, um, he, he, he was. was the rhythm guitarist. And uh, with a bunch of his other buddies, he kind of got this group together. They recorded Walk, Don't Run um, together. And uh, I don't know if they were really taking it seriously. They just kind of did it to see what it would sound like. And uh, a record company ended up picking up on it or an A&R picked up on it. And they said, you know what? Uh, we could do something with this. So they decided to form the Ventures after this song was released it didn't the adventures didn't become a thing until this song was released so yeah it was fucking this great. song this I'm song basically gave birth to the ventures and if you hear it you know it you know the song you may not necessarily know the name of the group who does it but if you hear you it, know the you'll song be like, i know it i've heard it a thousand times but it was uh, everywhere you know yeah you so know, uh that was uh that was the musical portion of our show we did it we made it yeah we have a couple more uh some bad news but to, we've to got, talk about. you know, we've got news. Uh, some of it's bad. Uh, some of it's okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're back with the news. Uh, and we're going to start this one off with some dedications. Uh, we've had some people who have passed away, unfortunately. And uh, we, you know, they've passed away uh, actually kind of a little bit before this song, this uh, show was recorded. Um, so I'd like to kind of uh, catch up by saying uh, rest in peace to the following individuals. Uh, we've got Louis Anderson. Uh, of course, we got Ronnie Spector, Don Wilson, who I just mentioned from the Ventures, who had just recently passed away, Meatloaf, and we've got Clark Gillies, who is uh, not a musical uh, uh, individual, uh, but uh, one of my favorite hockey players. I'm a giant hockey fan. I'm a giant Islanders fan. This guy was basically uh, one of the big ones. So for him to pass away meant a lot to me, uh, and it hit hard. So I want to mention that. And also uh, Brian Donnelly who we just mentioned from uh, La Magna, Straight Bastards, uh, uh, recently passed away. So we're going to talk about uh, him as well. Uh, but we're going to start it off with uh, Louis Anderson, Adam. That uh, that was kind one of a of big favorites. one. He... Yeah. Uh, recently passed away at the age of 68. Comedian, actor, voice actor. He did it all. Um uh, you know, uh, obviously, probably more famously recognized from uh, his stand-up and uh, his appearances in movies like Coming to America, um, and of course, he had uh, his own cartoon back Life, in the day, Life with Louis. Life with Louis and um, uh, Hollywood Squares recently, regular. Hollywood Squares, was. remember? Always, he was always yeah. on Hollywood Squares. Most recently, he was on Baskets. Yes, that was actually for Baskets. He actually got nominated for an Emmy. Yes, and so, here's uh, a fun fact. Yeah, we hope to be recording an episode soon with our friend Cash. Cash has been on uh, an episode of that. Yes, so it's kind of like a uh, uh, what do you call it these days? What do the kids calling it these days? Meta. Uh, so it's just kind yeah. of meta that we're uh, mentioning that. Uh, but also, uh, this is a thing that I actually kind of forgot about. But then I was reading up on it and I remembered it. He was the host of Family Feud. Remember that? He was. 
From 1999 to 2002, he was the host. So he this is uh, pre-Steve Harvey. Yeah. So rest in peace, he... Louie. Uh, you made us laugh uh, uh, for many, many years. I remember his stand-up was was always brilliant because it was just like simple stuff. It was almost like it was almost like Seinfeld stand-up where it was just took simple things that mm -hmm. you don't overly analyze, but it took like people like him to bring it up for you to like go, oh yeah, that is funny. Like it, one of his it. famous bits was when you go on a plane and they give you peanuts. This was back in the day. They don't yeah. do it anymore. But when you he went on planes, <laughs> yeah, you ever go on the plane? So I'm going to do my best, Louis. But you ever go on a plane and they give you that little bag of peanuts? It's like it's supposed to make you feel safer. So you have your little bag of peanuts. You open up your little bag of peanuts. You eat your peanuts. You go. I feel much safer now. You know, just funny things one. like that. You know what I mean? Like it just made you laugh because it's something that we all know and have went through. You know what I mean? They, they just give you that little bag of peanuts. You never thought about it, but he brought it up and then you're like, oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, the guy was a legend. Uh, rest in peace, Louie. Pay tribute to is another individual who has recently passed on, unfortunately. And this person happens to be a biggie. A uh, musical legend by the name of Ronnie Spector. She recently passed away. At the age of 78, uh, oh, of man. course, uh, who, you know, anybody who doesn't know, uh, she was the lead singer of a little group by the name of the Ronettes, um, a group that was basically assembled by uh, Phil Spector, who yes. she ended up, who she had the infamous Phil Spector, who she ended up marrying uh, later on in life, uh, but also uh, cited as one of the original kind of uh, bad girls of rock and roll. Yes. And uh, her biggest hit was probably Be My Baby. That's the one everybody knows her for. And uh, the Ronettes for. And I mean, uh, that was probably her biggest hit. If it weren't for them, there would be no Ramones. They were yeah, such man. an influence on the Ramones who went to the same high school as my mom. But also, Be My Baby is the song that's playing in the party um, in Quadrophenia, but when they switch it to my generation. My God, that's right. Yeah. So, so how could how could how convenient that they switched it to my generation? You know, but it's just again, I love both. I love the Phil Spector sound. It's just you know, I love that girl group sound. That's that's one of the things that he was famous for was his production. You know, his just, production uh, and how he would how he would take an artist and make them sound a hundred times better. You know, they they might have been talented to begin with, but that's uh, what we want to remember the, him for. Kind of take the wall of sound or whatever, and uh, we don't want to remember him for what he did later on. We want yeah, to remember no. him for, you know, the good music that he gave us, and you know, the Ronettes. Um, it's just you know, I just love that. Here's sound. another one, Adam. I don't even know if you know this, but we had mentioned somebody earlier, a guy by the name of Eddie Money. Did you know she was the backup on "Take Me Home Tonight"? No. The oh, oh, oh be my little baby, Ronnie Spector. That is, oh my God, yes. How random is that? Because, you know, the Ronettes and everything, they did their thing up until a certain point. Obviously, that kind of sound started to kind of fall out of favor, started to get old-fashioned. So they went by the wayside, and then Ronnie Spector's career was kind of in limbo, and then she resurfaced in the 80s as uh, kind of like a backup vocalist. And one of the main things she did was she made a comeback with any money. With that that I didn't know. And where's any money yes. from? Eddie Melanie is from uh, Long Island, New York, a town by the name of Levittown, a town that's about uh, 20 minutes away from where I live right now. Yes, so. and he's very 
very popular there, you know, and rest in peace, Eddie Money as well. Eddie, you know, and yeah, legend, Long Island legend, up there with Billy Joel and people like that, Harry Chapin, and you know, like and it's all good stuff. And you know, everybody knows my love for Billy Joel, and everybody knows yeah, man, that me too. Billy Joel's love for the Ronettes. He loved. We that started the uh, we started the Billy Joel Youth Crew in college. That was the thing we started. we did. I mean, Billy Joel had so <laughs> If you're much straight love. edge and you like Billy Joel, you got to join the Billy Joel Youth Crew. But like, you know, Billy Joel had so much love for stuff like the Ronettes. You know, he did the Innocent Man album, you know, and that mm-hmm. has like all of his early loves. That sound is in it, you know, like uh, Longest Time and stuff like that. That just, um, you know. So, you know, harkening back to that old, you know, old, the roots of rock and roll, you know, and, you know, and, and that's R&B, that whole album. Early it's R&B a great album. That. You know, yeah, that doesn't sure. get enough credit. People kind of call that as like one of his bigger albums, I guess, because of uh, Play Uptown something Girl. from The Stranger. 80s Billy Joel sucks. <laughs> it's still a good album, you know. It was before, yeah. you know, I, I, was... I liked Innocent Man. I remember that one very well I'm being a kid. Innocent Man. And like, you know, yeah, it has, you know, Uptown Girl on it, but it also has Tell Her About It. And, mm-hmm. You know, I think Tell Her About It was on that, wasn't it? It, 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 it would fit. It would fit. Yeah. I just remember the That's video the for sound. that when it's the, the party and he's coming with the pizzas. Yeah. You know, and eighties videos, they were wacky. They were they were wacky, but Billy Joel made good videos. He understood he it. He understood the art of using visual to sell your music. And mm-hmm. uh and and his videos always kind of fit with the sound he was going for. You know? And it's weird. I don't you know, know I mean? why. He doesn't get as much love in um, the youth, I guess you would say, or the hipsters. Like they all kind of went he towards. A lot. He gets that pissed a lot. Me off. <laughs> Everyone me loves off. Springsteen, but nobody loves. You know, him you're as from much. Long Island. It's it's like a given. Like you know, I'm you born like and Billy. raised in Long Island. I still live here. So for somebody to say they don't like Billy to me is like such a goddamn insult. <laughs> I just get so angry, I'm and like, I don't get it because he wrote really good songs. I mean, he started um, off in crazy awesome bands. He started off in like fucking like Prague. Yeah, like he was doing like experimental weird shit, like that we listened to on this show and we play on this show back then. Before he got you know big, we so, got to play Attila on this show. I think that would be cool. Yeah, you know, but like he wrote a good song. He knew the art of just hits. You know, mm-hmm. say what you want, like him Springsteen. I like Springsteen too, but Billy Joel had more hits. People might say it, I'm crazy, but I I put him up there with like you know Lennon and McCartney as a brilliant yeah. composer. I put him no, up there on that level, you know, yeah, as far as my thing. composing a a catchy, great song that could sell. Like, you know what Springsteen I mean? Sold albums. You know, his thing was albums. Yeah. You know, he was a touring guy, but you know, yeah. he didn't have as many top ten hits. Billy Joel hit after hit after. I'm hit not going to shit on Bruce Springsteen ever. I love, I love Bruce Springsteen. No, yeah. he's great. And, Just yeah. saying, like his were. He was the touring guy. He was one of those ones you see him live. You know that was his selling point. Mm-hmm. Billy, you know, I guess you know people saw him live as much too. But Billy sold hits. He sold albums and there's stuff like, oh yeah, like the. Stranger. And let me tell you, I've seen him three times, and man, he's amazing live. Like, like, like the stranger. There's every single song on it will be on a best of. Every there's yeah. not a bad song on it. You know, like sometimes there's like that sleeper song or whatever, but. Hit after hit after hit. He was just, he was, that's why I put him up there with Lennon McCartney, where it's like, oh, definitely. He knew how how to sell a song. He knew it, you know? And again, you know, this all ties into it of just his love 
for like Ronnie Spector and all that stuff. So, you know, you will be missed. Definitely. Uh, RIP. Thank you for, like Adam said, yeah. Thank you for everything you've contributed. And, uh, and speaking of which, uh, a gentleman I mentioned earlier, Don Wilson, uh, founder of the Avengers, uh, recently just passed away at the age of 88. Uh, the man Oof. who went on to uh, uh, found the Avengers, uh, the Ventures, the Avengers, <laughs> found the Ventures, the Avengers. What if he was in that band, too? <laughs> we are not Jesus Christ. We are not fascist pigs. And then it's just like. No, the adventures. I'm sure everyone's going to think of the movie and the comics, but I'm just thinking of the punk band. But anyways. Yeah, right. I can't stop laughing, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said before, they're basically considered uh, in this country anyway as kind of like the gold standard of instrumental rock bands. You know, uh, a sound that kind of had its it had its period for a little while in pop culture from you know between the '60s and the '70s. I would say those kind of bands were a thing. Yeah, I mean, you put and, up there with uh, Dick Dale. You know, yeah, that's you know, Dick Dale, obviously one of the founders of that whole surf guitar sound, but. You know, uh, you know, and then they just kind of fell by the wayside. But uh, the thing with the with the Ventures is they kind of went on to do their thing even in the 80s. Um, yeah, I, I knew I remember my dad had a record uh, in the 80s where they were kind of doing the soundtracks at the time that were big. So they would do instrumental versions of soundtracks that were big, um, which were cool. They would just put the Ventures spin on it. You know, those are good. But, you know. Uh, for for uh, like uh, you know, like I said uh, before, for those who don't know, um, uh, "Walk Don't Run" is probably their big one, and uh, songs like Hawaii Five O theme. If you don't and know what also, that, the Ventures did that, and they also they did, did serve versions or like instrumental serve versions of popular songs of that era. Right, right. They would do so, Beatles uh, songs and. Right. They do Beatles. Uh, they had a whole album that was all psychedelic, which I love. It's one of my favorites by them. They do, uh, you know, like a lot of Beatles covers, like Adam just said. I guess back uh, then you didn't really have to license it out as much as you do these days. Or it's like, no, you know, no. it's just kind of like, we're going to take a cover. whatever. Right. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Don Wilson, uh, rhythm guitarist and founder of the Ventures. Uh, and the Ventures, along with Mr. Wilson, were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, back in 2008. And Why they do you have think so the honor. I, I know that's what happens with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They take forever. Like the cars, I think, recently, not too long ago, after a million years. Uh, but anyway, There's some uh, bands who like, yeah. have only had a career for like a minute and they're in it, you know, like uh, yeah. that was quick. And uh, but uh, also they have the uh, honor of uh, having a hundred million records sold throughout their uh, their tenure. So that is Avengers being around for as long as they were, uh, you know, decades. But sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, up up until recently. I mean, uh, Don was still recording up and up until the end. So uh, another big loss. Rest in peace, Don Wilson. Uh, speaking of another big loss, uh, Meatloaf recently passed Ooh, away. Yeah. The age. Of 74, singer, actor, uh, you know Meatloaf. Uh, everybody's heard uh, the big songs, I'll Do Anything for Love, but I won't do that. Uh, uh, also, uh, the thing with Meatloaf is I'm not disrespecting him, just like his music wasn't really my thing, never really was. Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> I more I more was into Meatloaf in his, his acting. I loved him in Rocky Horror Picture Show, I loved him in that. I loved him in Fight Club especially. 
um, and things like that. But uh, that that's the thing. People like kind of like say, oh, those are the couple of things I saw him in. But he was in, believe it or not, over 50 movies and TV shows. He's had a lot. Yeah, he's done a lot in the in the acting. I mean, and uh, not to sneeze at his musical career, uh, he won a Grammy. So uh, a very prolific and meaningful career, a man who meant a lot to a lot of people. And uh, his career spanned from 1968 all the way up until uh, the present. You so, know, and we told the story before, but I guess now is a better time to, to, to rehash <laughs> yeah, this story. Yeah, we, we could bring the story back just for the hell of it. Adam just for the hell of it. We think we told it like two or three episodes ago. Anyways, I think it was, but, it might have been. Uh, um, so this is, you know. <laughs> We were at my mom's place just because that's where I, I like to hang out because it was just an easy location. Um, it was long ago that um, we had tapes. It was before the MP3 on the phone. So, you know, you had your, you you, you know, getting your, your Walkman ready, put on the table. We went to the bathroom just to, um, you know, have your um, evening cry before you go back on the train. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> whatever tape that's you had it. in there, I switched, uh, didn't keep the tape, put in his pocket. And put in a meatloaf tape. <laughs> and, you know, we said our goodbyes. You know, you had your your, your goodbye cry again. Um, <laughs> he's an emotional man. I am. <laughs> and, I, I do a lot of weeping. And uh, he's heading back home. And, you know, he probably got out of the elevator, starts walking to the train. He's like, okay, now's a good time. I know where I'm going. Puts it on. And you just hear, safe at third. I want to know right now. And you're like, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So Adam, yeah, he had a little bit of a thing for, for slipping tapes you. into my, yeah, he definitely, I definitely got, I didn't get Rick rolled. I got meatloaf rolled. You got loafed. Uh, I definitely, <laughs> I totally did. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. He did write a good song. He he wrote. Oh like, yeah, epic I'm not going to take anything. But, yeah. I'm not going to take it's anything my... away from his talent. He had one hell of a voice. Like yeah. there, there, there's no denying that. But this, his music wasn't my thing. It just I wasn't. Mean, he, never was. He was the precursor to Sweaty Keith. <laughs> yeah, he did a lot of sweating. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> sweaty Keith. <laughs> Sweating gravy, like crazy. You know I'm dripping gravy. <laughs> That's an unnatural amount of sweat. A natural amount of sweat. <laughs> natural. <laughs> I think we have the uh, name of the episode: "A Natural Amount of Sweat." Yeah, that that might be it. So, but, you know. but anyway, uh, after that, uh, we've got another kind of a, a trivia that really doesn't fall into place on this show. But because I'm a giant hockey fan and because I'm a giant New York Islanders fan, this was a huge one for me. I actually had the pleasure of meeting this man. So it also hit me. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I'm looking at Adam trying to be serious right now, but his hair is crazy. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately uh, we lost Clark Gillies, uh, who just happens to be one of the members of that uh, kind of dynasty uh, hockey team that was the New York Islanders back in the 80s where they won four cups back-to-back from 80 to 83. He was their captain at one point. That was from 1977 to 1979. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2002. And not only that, he was a man who gave back. He founded the Clark Gillies Foundation, a nonprofit 
to help children who are physically, mentally challenged and financially challenged. Uh, this man didn't take any money, but he would do everything he could uh, uh, for people who, you know, were lesser and uh, who needed. So uh, God bless him. That's and an awesome. uh, throughout his career, he scored 379 goals, 378 assists. And this is probably the thing I loved him for the most. He was a fucking maniac. He would get into so many fights. You know, when his when his team was down, he would just go to town pounding on people. So he has the honor of 1,023 penalty minutes throughout Jesus. his career. So this motherfucker, he would beat the shit out of so many people that he did 1,023 penalty minutes. So God bless you, Clark. We're going to miss you, buddy. Uh, rest he, in peace, Jethro. He was the Haku. Yeah, Clark Gillies passed away, age of uh, 67. And uh, another great thing, I actually had the chance to meet him uh, a few years ago with my wife. Uh, he was signing somewhere. Uh, he was signing in a mall here on Long Island, uh, pretty local. So we went by. I knew he was going to be there. So, you know, I was like, man, Clark Gillies, I got he's my favorite Islander. So like, I, I got to meet him. So we went by and we, you know, we, we got to, you know, I'm waiting online. And this is like, to me, this is like meeting a god. Like, I, I am that obsessed with Clark Gillies that I was like, I was shaking. I was like, I was waiting on the line. Just like, my God, I'm going to meet Clark Gillies. And it was such a big deal. And I was so nervous. And then we finally got to the head of the line. We got to talk to him. And he was the most down-to-earth guy. And he just like took all my anxiety and my fear and just made it just go away. Like, he was just so down-to-earth and so cool. And just not standoffish at all that it just was like talking to a friend I've known for, for years. That's fucking cool. And uh, he was just such a gentleman to me and my wife. And uh, we actually got a chance to take a picture with him. We got an autograph. I got to figure I got an autographed puck. And uh, I have <clears> one of my cards I brought with me autographed and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, man, it was uh, it was really tough news. Uh, uh, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite hockey players of all time. So uh, big loss. Rest in peace, Clyde Gillies. And uh, speaking of another big loss, uh, this is one we just uh, spoke about earlier. Uh, Brian Donnelly. Um, yeah. This one kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, like I said, I was on uh, Instagram, got the word uh, that uh, Brian Donnelly, uh, former drummer of La Magna, Striped Bastards, uh, his more recent bands, recent, uh, recent bands, Rations, and uh, Unknown River Driver uh, has passed away. Uh, it was kind of just one of those out of nowhere things that, uh, obviously somebody who's, who's a little bit older, you know, somebody who's at the age in their seventies, somebody who's in their eighties for somebody like that to pass away. It's, it's always sad too, but it's more expected at that age. than people uh, who are our for, age. Yeah. But for somebody who, you know, we went to their shows and stood with them in the audience while they were watching the next band that was going to go mm -hmm. on. Uh, it just, it hits you harder. And, uh, this is a big loss. Obviously, uh, we played a La Magna song that was in tribute to, uh, Mr. Donnelly, uh, earlier. Uh, he played drums for La Magna. Uh, he played drums for the straight bastards. Uh, but with his latest bands, rations and unknown river driver, he actually moved to the front where he was the front man in rations and a guitarist. And also in unknown river driver, a band that also featured Chris La Magna of La Magna. Mm -hmm. So uh yeah, I mean uh just it sucks. That, that that's it all sucks. I can really say. There's nothing I can really say besides that. Um it's uh, never they were, you know you know, having to having to announce that somebody has passed away, like Adam's probably gonna say it's never a, a, a fun never thing easy. or a good thing. Never easy. It's it sucks, you know. Um, especially somebody who was young and had their whole life ahead of them. It's awful. 
Um, and it, you know, it, it, it makes you think, you know, kind of just, you know, appreciate what you have now because you never sure. know not to, not to be dark or anything like that, yeah. but like, you it's never true, know, it's true. Appreciate what you have, you know, you know, you know, love your mother like no other Mr. T would say, you know, but like, that's right. You that fool. That's my terrible Mr. T. But um, <laughs> Adams, 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 trying to get happy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, but the, here's it doesn't the make thing. it easy. Somebody like this passes away, but you'll always have their music, uh, which is great. Uh, they, he he left behind a great body of music uh, from uh, obviously things like uh, La Magna and Striped Bastards, which is my introduction to him. And then uh, he went on to do later things, which is also just as good. Uh, Rations, great band, uh, kind of a post-hardcore sound. Uh, if you're looking for something a little bit different, but also kind of kept that punk aesthetic. Yeah, and then he went wrong. on to do things like, uh, you know, after Rations folded, uh, he went on to do kind of a side thing. We were speaking about noise music earlier. Rations kind of went that route. Uh, they went to go do a project called Rations Noise. Which was an offshoot, obviously, of Rations, uh, where he would just kind of do uh, more noise-associated uh, stuff. And, of course, uh, Unknown River Driver, which is also kind of like a, a post-hardcore sound. So, uh, you know, if, if you don't know who Brian Donnelly is, I heavily suggest going to find his music. I would definitely start with La Magna, because that's how I got introduced to, yeah. uh, to Mr. Donnelly. Pretty sure you can still find that 7-inch generation. They have a used bin, and the last mm. time I was there, not, you know early uh like late last year i was there quickly um and it was in the in the bin so you could still find it there you know it's just kind of like they're one of those ones but like you know i just want to thank all of these people really for mm. the music you gave us the 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 comedy you gave us um the sports that you gave us just everything you know just uh Entertainment, keeping us entertained in a general the entertainment the culture yeah. you gave us the I guess, and you know, enjoyment, you know, these are all things sure. that like, you know, they, they helped us enjoy something a little bit more, maybe kind of took our minds off of what was angering us around that week. And you just, you know, listen to them, you watch them, whatever, you know, and you experience them and it just makes you forget of like all the shit that's going on in the world. So <laughs> believe me, thank all there's of a you. Lot, yeah. There's, there's a lot going on now. So, uh, we need, you, we is. need these people more than ever in our lives. So, uh, so, there uh, thank you everyone for everything you've given us and rest in peace, each and every individual we, we mentioned. And, uh, besides that, uh, we've also we got some, some news. other news regarding some tours that are going to be going on. Uh, let's start off the top of the list with a band that we've spoken of, uh, uh, previously on this show that we both love a band by the name of sunny day. Real estate is actually going back on the road. This is fucking awesome. Um, they're just, again, they're a few days before it. There was rumors that something's happening because. There was an Instagram um, page starting up called like Sunny Day Real Estate Tour, or you know, like the the initials spelled out for mm -hmm. the tour. And there was this buzz going around online, and everyone's like, "This is going to happen. Are they are they getting back together? Is there going to be a tour? Is it a new album?" And then there's just all this buzz, and then like a day or two later, they announce it, and it's fucking pretty cool. This is really cool. I mean, that's one of those bands that kind of. Uh across the board has appeal uh it, it's not yeah. only 
it's not only people that are into emo, as I hate to call it, but people that are into, you know, indie. Uh, all diff- indie rock, people that are into hardcore, people that are into metal, people that are into, you know, just all types of music just kind of tend to love this band uh, because they're just all around a great band. So, I mean, those first two albums, Diary and LP2, are fucking brilliant. I'm actually going to post LP2 of work. again because I, I posted Diary not too long ago, a couple of days. I'm going to do LP2. Um, on my page but yeah i mean it's just one of those bands they opened up the eyes for everybody you know and of course foo fighters mm-hmm. if we kind of do who, time. Uh, who who goes on to actually feature uh, a member of this group who is nate mendel uh there's kind of like limited information available uh regarding this tour right now because it hasn't really become an official it's not even a week <laughs> oh yeah there's no Days. there hasn't been any dates or anything like that announced but uh but the only thing we do have for sure is that Nate Mendel, who was one of the founding members of the group, will not be joining them because he is still with Foo Fighters. And he is, uh, went on record as saying he's going to stick with Foo Fighters and tour with them. So obviously you can't do both. You can't split yourself in half and go with Sunny Day and then go with Foo Fighters. So he's going to be sticking with Foo Fighters. He will not be. There's been no announcement as far as who's going to be joining them uh, to fill Jeremy in on will base. Be. But all the other original members will be there. So all... F- you know, remaining members will be there. Uh, another band, great. another band who's, who's who's just announced Adam, uh, but this one actually has tour dates. This is uh, another band by the name of Jawbreaker. Yeah, and Ooh. the tour dates have basically sold out everywhere. You know, and it's yeah. great because some of these ones they're bringing with Jawbox. You know, and that's another band we haven't really seen mm. too much recently. You know, some of these tour dates are with them. Some of these tour dates are with the Descendants. Um, it's. You know, what else can we say? Like, they are one of those bands in my head should have been fucking huge. Yeah. Or, you know, we're like with Boxcar. Again. How was that not? Again, and, uh, Jarbreaker is, 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 you know, I liken them to Sunny Day in the regard that they're basically one of those bands that had kind of a cross the boards appeal. If, if you were mm-hmm. a hardcore kid, you dug Jarbreaker, uh, punk, whatever. You know, bands like, uh, you know what they kind of remind me of? Like, if you were into like, you know, like bands like Lifetime, they were, they were, they were another band that if you dug hardcore, you, you liked Lifetime, you know what I mean? No, but when, or you liked Promise Ring, even though it wasn't hardcore, you know what I mean? I mean, Jawbreaker is one of those bands, like something like, you know, around that same time, like Boxcar, the song, it could have been, if it was just the right people pushing them, the right marketing team behind them, they would have been. It would have been like, you know, as big as Longview with Green Day. You know what I mean? Like, like they both wrote similarly different sounds sort of catchy, not saying that the, but catchy yeah. punk songs where it could right. attract the masses where sure. the people who are still into the underground who knew them from back in the day would still like it. But then all these new people would be like, this makes sense and I like it. Whereas whereas bands that should have made it but didn't because they got it didn't have that appeal because they didn't have a mainstream sound. Bands like we mentioned, like Candiria, we always wondered how they didn't become giant. And that's why because why, but like they don't have that catchiness. They don't have you know, they could have been big in like the metal scene or something like that, but like something Mm -hmm. like, you know, Jawbreaker would have been easily with the right with the right marketing team behind them. Would it could have been I think yeah. I couldn't see why they couldn't be as big as Green Day. Sure. Lifetime, you know? too. Lifetime, too, you know? And then, yeah. like, you know, um, Get Up Kids saves the day. A couple of those bands have just these, like, 
Get Up Kids, I mean, the farthest they made it. I still love Get Up Kids. I mean, they're one of my favorite groups of all time. But they still, uh, you know, they made it as far as MTV, which is giant for a group like that to to, to it finally was. make it. It just to, wasn't to MTV playing enough, you know. Like if it was yeah. just the right market, it would be on MTV too, and like 120 minutes, you know, towards it the was end. 120 minutes, and then after that, like Alternative Nation kind of a thing. Like Remember that, MTV actually? too. That was like a thing that started up at the end. But here's when, when um, MTV actually, was actually playing videos, which they don't any really anymore. I first heard Sunny Day Real Estate. You just reminded me on 120 minutes. They played. Remember live. You me, I want to see that performance. You told me about I, that. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, if you just kind of YouTube it, it's on YouTube? there. It's like the whole. Yeah, there's the the cliff, and then there's also like the unaired one. So it's like the full set on YouTube, and it's just them, you know. And it was right when Diary came out. And it was just I was going to say, they, is it mostly Diary they do on there? Yeah, or? and at the time I didn't know what emo was. You know, like it wasn't yeah. really, you know. I guess they use the term. I was like, oh, this is good rock. You know, this is good stuff. Yeah. And this is kind of one of the I would, things, if but... I didn't know any better, I would have said indie rock. Cause that's, yeah, it's indie rock, know, but you the know, more, it's the more indie convenient. rock emo and like, you know, Sunny Day and, the, you know, now you know, Jawbreaker, like, again, Jawbreaker should have been fucking huge. Like, Sunny Day, they're, you know, yeah. they're just as good, but like, Jawbreaker had the sound that it could attract the masses where, you know, little Timmy from, you know, middle america or something like that <laughs> little timmy you, good old little timmy like, you know one of those things like you could easily see it <clears throat> where you could have a good, good, good video and all the kids you could sell them at sure. it was before hot topic but you could sell them at the mall right. you know you could sell them at anywhere besides people who are down with the scene but they could get big where like you know when dookie came out hmm. i guess the gilman street people they were like sold out but it was the same songs. It was the same sound. They didn't change their sound at all. At that Another point. band, I'm surprised, because uh, uh, they were so catchy and so good. Op Ivy. They, I mean, they, yeah. they just they, they didn't hold it together, really. That was the problem with Op Ivy. I mean, they, and they were kids. Just, like, I think, they were kids. Yeah. I mean, you that know. Was like, that was like we were talking about, uh, uh, you know, fecal matter being a springboard. Yeah. I think I think Op Ivy was basically For the Gilman Street springboard. You know, yeah, but like, I then, love, you know, Billy, Billy Joe was, you know, messed around with those guys too. So that whole thing with, yeah, Pinhead Gunpowder yeah, and all that, that whole just, thing. You know, the whole yeah. Gilman sound, but like, right. Op Ivy, I like more than Rancid. You know, some people don't, you know, to me, oh, I, love Op Ivy. I still, I still love Op Ivy. I still listen to them all the time. You know, they don't have that much out. They have, you know, the yeah. LP and the 7 inch. <laughs> and right. like, it's just, but also they were like 14. So it's just kind yeah. of like, yeah, you couldn't. It's crazy to think. It's crazy to think about that. But because you listen to them, they own. sound so full and they sound so great. But they're kids and so and tight for so tight. For, a, for for a fuck around band, you know, from but, Gilman you know, Street back. The, in the reason day, I didn't you know? get big just because that was before that sound was allowed on the mainstream. You know, like you right. didn't have the closest you got was maybe you know ten years prior or whatever. You know, like a couple years prior, you had the Clash. You know what I mean with like right. a couple of couple things like rock the Casper was like the it's closest you got to that on mtv or ramones or something yeah. like you know you would have those but it wasn't because the sky because the because the class kind of had like that sky element as a well. little bit of everything in it but you like know, you know that for dub and sky and hip-hop kind of they were too them, soon but jawbreaker yeah. was there at the beginning they could have been you know one of those mtv bands but it looks like you know maybe mtv was like we can only have one of these bands so we're picking green day but, but what does it tell you that you know all their shows, despite not having the uh, uh, you know the the press and the hype and the, and the hoopla, 
that bands like Green Day and, and other bands have. They they decided they 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 made it just as big in their own way because their yeah. tours basically you can't get a ticket. Sold out. I mean, it's sold out. They have every tours. Single um, what I see is there's there's tickets. I think might be. I don't know if this is still a thing, but there might be available for March and April uh, for dates in Cali, Colorado, and Minnesota. That's the last I saw. But being California, they sell it by the day. Like I would New York sold out. Gone already. They had, what, California's got to be York? gone by now. Yeah, yeah I think it was like, you know, like four shows in Portland or something. You know, like they're huge. So Colorado, not as big a market, so still might be available. Minnesota, not as big a market, so still might be available. Places that are big music scenes, CA, California, and New York, probably not. Exactly, probably but not. maybe another time around, or just hopefully, you know. But good luck if you're out there looking. YouTube. You know, go for it, man. <laughs> You might you might score a ticket, and if you go and you're a fan of the show, and you uh, experience the tour, and you want to tell us how it was, please tell us. We'd we'd like to report back on that. That'd be great. Um, but uh, in in other news, uh, we've got some kind of uh, related information. After mm-hmm. 40 years in the business, the mighty mighty Boss Tones have said goodbye. They're done. They are done. The, uh, uh, yeah, man. You know, come on now. You know who who would think that uh, the guy from Impact Unit. Boston hardcore band would be, you know, huge. I mean, you know, Boston's again, they're doing that ska sound at perfect timing. You know, that was when those, like, at least they were around for many years before, but when they had their mainstream sound, you know, you had like real big fish or something like that. And then mm-hmm. they were the ones who were like, ah, fuck you guys. We we're doing this thing when you guys were children, you yeah. know? So, like, they were fun, you know. They were just one of those things about as Boston as a band can get, but mm. huge in the ska scene. Hardcore kids loved them. I mean, it was just kind of like more than the punk, you know. Like a lot of those punk band, like those ska MTV bands, were like the punks. This one was like they were the hardcore kids because they were kind of like little grittier, you know, right? Little, little bit tougher. They were kind of a thing, and they were fun, you know. And that's the thing about the blues, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the thing that uh, I don't think I'm going out on a limb here, but uh, I would say that for a majority of people, this is probably the band that's responsible for introducing them to ska music. Yes. Uh, band, bands that bands, you know, uh, uh, people that weren't necessarily uh, too familiar, people that didn't know, you know, uh, you know, people that in the know would have been introduced through bands like the specials and people like that would have been introduced that way. This yeah. is kind of like the modern day Version introductory, you know, the gateway drug into ska for a majority of oh, modern day people. There was that time so, I liked it. them, um, the toasters, uh, the scofflaws, Mephiscopheles, mm-hmm. you know, like there is just that. And then there's like the modern scene. day, like like my, my wife's like favorite band, Less Than Jake. That's like the more modern day. Yeah. You know. Shit, I remember getting Boston's records at a moon records mm-hmm. which is where 99x and ended up being or um you know one of those things i think that's where the exact, exact location it's just a tiny little record store sold just ska so it's a very wow market that's area, brave but that's a brave sound you know but that's like, brave that's brave to be like i'm just gonna open up an all ska store yeah, but it was because great, ska you know? was very niche. I mean, there was a time, you know, the '90s. It was it was pretty big. It was big. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, they're in Clueless. It doesn't get any, yeah. you know, bigger than that. And then um, it's weird because right after that, the uh, the swing sound came big again. 
Oh yeah, that that lasted for about five minutes though. You had squirrel nut zippers and people like that. It was uh, just really uh, weird because around that same yeah. time is when you started a swing band with your mom and brother. Don't make me laugh. <laughs> your, always your dad picks, didn't do it. <laughs> he always picks to make me laugh when I'm drinking a beer. He always decides. Give me a beer. Uh, give, me give me a beer. Somebody give me a beer. <laughs> Can you just picture like being a Darby crash? In a, can you picture being in a swing band with your mom and brother? They were called the Scottish Knees. They were great. <laughs> Every single song is just you guys arguing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, you cunt. We start beating the shit out of each other. While slide trombones. <laughs> and then, of course, I take all of you. I'll take all of you to that fish and chips place. That's right. In Brooklyn, where Park you cry. Damn, that shit's so good. <laughs> I want to go back so bad. <laughs> it was so good. It was just like I was like, you know, I was like, hey, I got a place for you, and I had I was just eating, you know, the chips. Adam brings me the- to like a legit chip shop, like it, it, like a chip shop you could have went to in England or or Scotland or Ireland. And I sit down, and I was like, yeah, impress me. I doubt it. And then it came to the table. And I was like, I almost wept. <laughs> I think Adam took pictures of me eating my fish and chips supper. He took pictures of me tucking into it. You know, and then there was a, did they also have like fried candy bars there or something? Oh, the Mars bars. That's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The fried Mars. I think the place was called chip shop. It was, uh, I think park slope fish and chips or park slope chip shop. One or the other. Something. But I knew it was legit because I had like pictures of the Beatles on the wall. And I was like, I love this place. I live here. (laughs) You know, and hey, dude, just take a train out. Yeah, take a train in the subway. And the New York City's a fucking war zone right now, so I don't know if I'm taking any fucking chances. You know, you could go your way. My wife, <laughs> my lovely wife. And is this your lovely wife? Is that just? Has people finally stopped doing that? My wife. <laughs> oh, Borat. <laughs> but anyway, uh, to finish up today's show, we've got a uh, pre-order announcement, Adam, from a band that uh, you've been all about lately, a band by the name of Autumn. They've got a pre-order coming up of their discography. They are. I mean, okay, there's this one of those bands, you know, kind of, again, from that, you know, early mid-90s, um, emotional, hardcore scene, straight edge. Um, you know, they were from Pennsylvania. Um same in that same circle, you know, actually the, you know, they're kind of buzzing around now with one of those bands that are putting more stuff out. So it's going to be out there with like, you know, New Day Rising. We're getting more records from them or at least, you know, vinyl versions of things. We're going to get, you know, with Hourglass and Autumn is just kind of like that same circle now. They're all kind of buddies uh, on the IG with us and it's awesome. But damn, dude, Autumn were great. They were very emotional. Um you know, out of all the hardcore bands, you know, they're the vocals stick out. And that's all I have to say. I think we'll play them on the next episode so you can understand why. You know, it was a different vocal sounding than a lot of the other bands from that circle. And you'll see what I mean, people, when we play it for you. But Which uh, kind of brings to mind, like, I would think comparatively, people that kind of like flip the script on the vocal arrangements with the motive stuff bands like last crime. That's the, I would think yes, kind of more modern day versions. Uh, yeah. Would, would, would be bands like that, that this kind of like, you know, they, they're there. They have that sound, but they kind of took it and they made it their own. Like bands like last crime definitely stand out because oh, I love that 10 inch. Yeah. 
you know, but like, but uh, if you want to get your hands on that one, that one comes out January 31st. That would happen to be this Monday people. And they go on sale at 10 a.m. So act fast. That will be released by a little label by the name of hell minded records. So get in on that on Instagram. That is where you will find it. You'll go to the hell minded records page and you will look for the new release from all. Oh, I'm ordering that right away because um, I want to get, you know, the, the rarest one. Of course, I missed out by like Which is the rare minutes. one? I, have, I don't know, I think orange or something like that, but I missed out on uh, That's random. The reversal. Usually it's like a swirly kind of. Or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember the exact color now, but I'm yeah. pissed I missed out on the reversal of man. I got the common color i mean both of them sold out but i got i, but I love, that, rare I, one I love that one band like the rare color is black that's actually genius it is you know it's that's actually of- a really good idea because that's the one that's always around you you know you're like uh i want the marble the puke marble swirl with green slime that one's always sold out the one that's Hell yeah. black is the one that's always around <laughs> it's always available you know what you just reminded me of it was summer i like that that's brilliant I just sounded like fucking Sophia Petrillo. Summer, 1984. Um, I had seen Ghostbusters, and I went to buy a Ghostbusters t-shirt, and they oh. gave me slime with it. Oh, my God, dude. I got a story for you. you did you get that, too? When you bought the shirt when it came out, did they no. give you slime? Here's my story. Here's my story from Long Island when I saw Ghostbusters. I went to go see Ghostbusters when it came out. The week it came out, uh, I went to go see it at a drive-in on Long Island. Uh, the only drive-in that was in existence at the time, and it, it was the last remaining one until it closed, and it's no more left. But it was the Westbury Drive-In. I went with one of my good buddies from around the corner from me. We went to go see it in his in his parents' station wagon. We all packed into it, went to go see it. And then afterwards, you know, we, we all came out of it going, man, you know, what a great movie we were all. It's like our minds were fucking blown from how good it was. And we're like, but 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 there's nothing like it's not like today. Where you go to see a movie and there's merch up the ass. You know, there, there like were you go shirts. To see, there's everything <laughs> back now. There's everything. Figures and mugs and t-shirts. Before the movie's out. Sleeping <laughs> bags. Like, yeah, before the movie even comes out. But back then there was little to nothing. So when this movie came out, they didn't, you know, they didn't bank on it being the hit that it was. So there was really no merchandise. So we would I, I remember going to the mall, I think it was like the week after it came out, looking for Ghostbuster stuff. I wanted a shirt. I wanted anything I could get. I wanted a poster, something. And it was hard to get anything. And we went to this t-shirt stand. And I said, do you guys have Ghostbusters t-shirts? I want a Ghostbusters shirt. He said, well, son, we uh, you know, we, we don't have any official merchandise. But if you want, I could actually make you one. And they had mm. the decal. They had the Ghostbuster symbol. And you remember the hot press shirts back in the day where they were yes. just basically iron them on? So he was like, I-, I can make you anything you want. If you want a baseball style with the sleeves, I could do that for you. I could do a regular t-shirt, but he was charging like a fucking fortune. So I, I never, I never ended up getting one, but you said you actually got one and you actually came with. Yeah. With I don't know if it was an official one, you know, I was a kid, but yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And I remember getting handed slime. I don't remember what kind, you know, I don't know if it was in a bag. If it was in it a They usually came tub. in those little, like, you know, the dime machines. They came in those little yeah, things. It was in something like that. If I remember, but yeah. you know, this was 40 years ago almost you know what i mean it was like like 35 years ago so it was long that's enough cool, that, though they actually gave it like that would have been jazz that would have been like oh yeah you know you got it was, slime it was, and a t-shirt 
you know, I was what, like six or seven when that came out or something. You know, I mean, I was just a kid, but like, oh. I remember getting a little thing of slime. Again, I don't remember much else about it. I just remember the shirt. I'm older than you by a few years, so. Yeah, so you, but like, you know, two and a half years older than me or three years older. Right. So it's just kind of like, at that age, it counts, you know, so your memories are stronger, but, yeah. you know, um, you know, and then of course, Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> uh, and with that, it just makes me think of the Key and Peel, where it's just, all the other songs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on over to Pryor's Place. Pryor's Place. Pryor's Place. Pryor's Place. Pryor's Place. Pryor's Place. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> whoa. But, uh, With yeah, little that, Richard then... Pryor, who looks nothing like Richard Pryor. <laughs> he looks nothing like him. Nothing like him. <laughs> but, uh, and then Key and Peele sketch with, like, all the his all other the other hits, hits like that was. Funny. I don't remember what they were, but they were really funny. But yeah, <laughs> this is a long episode, everyone. We apologize. We have, it uh, is what I think we'll do to make this a little more tolerable is we'll probably split it. Uh, that would probably be the yeah. better thing to do. Split it into two episodes because yeah. one episode is going to be a little bit of a long listen. So I think what we'll do to to, to make it a little more palatable for everyone is we'll split this guy up into two uh, because uh, it was very. Kind of, uh, if this is a word of making up, tangentable episode where we kind of just go off into tangents and different yeah, areas. Maybe we had wrestling, one. and we had <laughs> we had comedy, and then we had all these different places we went with this episode. There was a lot of places we'll to go. So block one, all that. Block two, all that. Yeah, that, we, we should do that. I think. But yeah. the, anyway, uh, with that being Nothing. said, we hope you enjoyed it. Regardless, we had a lot to say this one. Uh, of course, uh, uh, you know, it, this being a tribute episode, we had a lot to talk about with people's careers and all that. So that took up a lot of time in um, memories. But we, we do hope that you hung in with us like the good soldiers that you are. And we thank you once again for joining us here on the Kill Your Radio podcast, Adam. Uh, uh, everybody's been really good to us. So, yes, we love you all. Um, we'll want to tongue kiss every single one of you. <laughs> All of you should bend over for me right now. That's how romantic I'm feeling. He wants to French you. <laughs> Everybody, open your mouths for my tongue because I'm going to plant it in your mouth. I mean, yeah. That's how much I enjoy like, you. Have you ever uh, seen the uh, Smelly Teen Spirit video where the the custodians with that mop? That's basically his tongue. It's like, a mop. It's a quick. What is he doing? He's like, what is he doing? He's like, just pushing it back and forth. He's like, what a that random guy, video. What, what is that guy doing now? That's where we're going to top this one off. Nice one. Nice one, dude. <laughs> I've been drinking beer throughout this episode, so what do you expect from me? Got but anyway, punk shit. rock. Ooh. Thank you. And uh, that's it, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another one. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back very, very, very soon. Uh, I'm thinking maybe uh, next episode we should have maybe a, a guest along for the ride, Adam. What do you think? I think we're going to have a guest. Like, yeah. We could. Uh, we're not going to say who, but we've got a couple people in mind. Uh, so uh, we should be back with somebody joining us uh, for the next somebody? episode. So Hint, yeah. he was in the Beatles. Yes. So stick around for that. <laughs> Yes, I got Paul McCartney at gunpoint. 
to be on the Kill Your Radio podcast. It's a guest. I got Pete Best. I have Pete Best in a stranglehold. He do it. What, what is he doing? <laughs> if that's anybody we could get, it would definitely be Pete Best. Uh, we wouldn't be able to like, get anybody else. But but you remember me? Cool. <laughs> like yeah, I was the uh, I was the sound man for you know Let It Be. Okay, we'll have you on. That'd be cool. Probably got some cool Hell stories yeah. to tell. Did you watch? Anyway, the everybody. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. We don't want to keep you too much longer. We know you're busy uh, living our lives, things like that. Things that we don't have on the show. We don't. So thank you, and we'll see you soon. Hey, why are you so mad? How many men have you killed? I don't know. I've never counted. It's boring. <laughs>